0: It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Just after 5.30 on a pretty monumental day in terms of the uh, history of football coaching. Pete Carroll uh, speaking just a few moments ago, basically saying he would have loved to continue as Seahawks head coach, but uh, ultimately the organization was like, we're going to make you an advisor now. So we'll see what's next for Pete Carroll. And if you just missed the breaking news, Nick Saban retiring at the University of Alabama. Anthony, good luck to the next guy there. You always want to be the guy that follows the guy.
1: Yeah, but it's all,
0: yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, pressure. at the same time, like you want to be the guy that follows the guy, but I want to be the guy who in, inherits Nick Saban's recruits.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I guess that could be a good jump start to your career.
0: Yeah, I wonder, like,
1: but people might, you know, if I'm Bill,
0: if you're Bill O'Brien, do you go back to college to Bama? Yeah,
1: I think he's probably definitely gonna be a uh, a leading candidate there.
0: Or like, if you're James Franklin at Penn State and you're kind of stuck being Penn State, you win ten games every year, you have no shot against Ohio State, Michigan. You just can't cross that threshold. But if you were at Bama, you go from being at a four star to a five star, if you will. Right. If you you play you play FIFA or FC, whatever they call it now. And they have the like the every club is ranked. Mm -hmm. They used to do this on the college football game too, like prestige wise and like Chelsea and Arsenal and Bayern Munich are like five star clubs like Penn State's probably like a four and a half. I mean, historically, it's five. But the problem is the guy that got it to be five turned out to be a terrible person. Uh, and and, and Joe Paterno, um, or at least someone who allowed terrible people to do awful things. So, needless to say, the the luster's off in Happy Valley Um, compared to Alabama, um, which is, like, the five-star of five stars. Ohio State, Michigan, like, that might be it. USC, historically, but, like, even they have fallen off and they haven't done anything significant in 20 years. So, point is, um, if you're, like, stuck at Penn State. And Alabama's like, we'll pay you to get out of that contract. Would you go?
1: I think Jane Franklin is going to be too loyal to Penn State. I don't think he leaves.
0: I also don't think Penn State's going to win him out of the contract.
1: Now, but, a Dabo? Dabo to Alabama is interesting. I think Dabo could be interesting. Clemson's,
0: Clemson's kind of falling apart. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Dabo, Dabo. Dabo is from Alabama. That's an interesting one.
1: And I don't know, I mean, we don't know if Ryan Dade necessarily stays at Ohio State just because of, you know, his track record against Michigan the last three years. So
0: Yeah. Uh, but then I mean, again, you know, Harbaugh's about to leave, so. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? So, going to be a fun coaching, ca- you thought the NFL coaching carousel yeah. is fun. <laughs> Wait till you see what happens in the, the trickle-down effect in college football. And there's probably a bunch of names we're not even thinking of. No, you're hot up-and-comers. Uh, you know, your Dan Landings at Oregon, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Uh, with all of that said, it's just after 530 on a Wednesday. So it's time to do the thing they told us not to do. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. Yeah. Every week, the Hoffman Show goes into the belly
1: of the beast. We read those comments, baby.
0: Never read the comments. All right, we do this weekly here on the radio live in full effect. We dive into the comments section at Craig Hoffman at the team 980 comments on our on demand clips of the Hoffman show and the take command podcast and the coaching carousel is turning in the NFL and opinions are wide and varied. Uh, this is we're going to start with an amuse Bush of comments. Anthony, do you know what an amuse Bush is?
1: Uh, based off the context, maybe uh, just a plethora, several, you know.
0: No, lot. not not quite. An Amuz Bouche, uh, I'm trying to remember the direct uh, translation, but it's basically like a, uh, it wakes up your palate. Okay. So they give you like that little piece of fruit or whatever at the start of a meal, like a yeah. fancy one, mm-hmm. to be like, hey, wake up. You're about to get some flavor. So uh, an Amuz Bouche uh, pairing of comments at Caleb Cars says, the fact that we aren't screaming for Vrabel raises red flags. Locked on law. This these comments were literally back to back as I scrolled through uh the comments on my YouTube Studio. Uh the fact that we're not we aren't screaming for Vrabel raises red flags. Locked on law. Can Mike Vrabel coach up the next draft pick into a franchise quarterback? No. Let's move on. Back to back, Anthony. How come we're not getting Vrabel? Please. Let's not be serious. We're not getting Ray I
1: think they were listening to Linnell yesterday then.
0: uh, One of them was on Linnell. One of them was on our our chat with Lindsey Zarniak. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I I think it just shows. Like, different people value different things. And it's going to be pretty fascinating. Like, I know what I value, but that might be different than what Josh Harris values. And, by the way, what Josh Harris values might be a little bit different than Mitchell Rails, a little bit different than David Blitzer, a little bit different than Magic Johnson, uh, Rick Spielman, and... Bob Myers, which is the committee. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see, like, what are the non-negotiables? What are the things everyone agrees upon? Do those things rise to the top? And then what things does Harris care about as the lead decision maker that other people are certainly going to have voices on in the room, but uh, might ultimately get overrode by other factors? So just this is why you put together a committee, because different people care about different things. And then you come together and you make the best decision as a group, understanding a common goal. That's how committees should work. Uh, When they work well, they get awesome results. When they don't work well, people yell at each other and then they bitch about it to newspaper writers afterwards. Uh, Continuing on uh, more specifically into some of the comments, Uh, we talked about one word to describe the Ron Rivera era and I thought this was a great answer from our guy Blaine, who's always listening to the show on YouTube at the Team 980. Blaine says, kaleidoscope is the one word. A series of fractured patterns. Looks pretty for a second, but it's just not repeatable. And I think that is a fair characteristic of the Ron Rivera era. Like, there were times where we got really psyched about certain things. Um Eric Bieniemy certainly is probably the the shiniest uh, image that we saw. It's like, oh, this guy's going to be great. Early returns on Sam Howell were fantastic. You know, the, the defense would go on these stretches where they'd give up no points and they just crush people. And you'd be like, yeah, this is awesome. Some of the four-game winning streaks, Taylor Heineke's excitement. Like, there's all these little fractured pieces of, of brilliance. But that's because it's the NFL. These are the best players on the planet. And eventually stuff goes right. Uh, even for the not best of the best. And unfortunately, they had a lot of not best of the best. And uh, as has been chronicled multiple places, most prominently in Ben Standing's story in The Athletic, there was never a cohesive vision. It was a constant chasing of headlines and of narrative as opposed to a constant relentless chase of a singular long-term plan. Uh, Mary Bowles 6908 commented on one of our videos at Craig Hoffman said, I don't get how everyone says Ron was a good guy. Yes, he went through a lot, but does anyone remember Ron throwing certain people under the bus to the media? He lied to draft picks like Branch talking about Brian Branch from Detroit who said in an interview that Washington had promised him that uh, if he was there, they would take him. They obviously did not. Uh, Or he was bringing players back uh, and then they learned he lied to them. Uh, there's questionable things he did that don't make him look favorable, just like telling media about players coming to him about enemy being too hard. Ron didn't need to throw him under the bus to the media. No need to say any of that. Tell me all this isn't changing culture or being a good guy. This is tough, but I will say I do think some of the Ron stuff is good guy stuff is a little overrated um, in terms of how it gets framed within the context of the job what i will tell you is the more people have interactions with ron rivera the more they like him the farther away they are the more i think you have opinions like this and frankly i'm someone who did not get to talk to ron very often so i count myself in the removed observing actions not getting to personally experience the man category but i do know he genuinely cared about people um the story that tress way told the other day was great I mean, Lindsay uh, Zarniak in the video that this comment was on talked about some of her personal interactions and told a story about how she had the game for Fox for the Carolina Panthers the week after he had gotten fired in Carolina, and the players were pretty distraught. Like, players really liked him. But there's a lot of coaches that players like that aren't good at the job, and I do think a lot of the points brought up here are valid. I think a lot of the stresses and pressures of the job Ron Rivera did not handle well, especially when they mixed with the need as part of the job to publicly comment. I do not think he did a good job of being consistent with who he was, uh, and and maybe what he thought, or maybe this is part. Of, uh, this is a flawed part of him, um, that that he did throw people under the bus. There was favoritism. There was nepotism. There was a lot of things of chasing the narratives as opposed to having a kind of a core values that drove you and, and, a, and a plan that I think turned out to treating people poorly at times. And I think all of that is a part of his legacy. But at the end of the day, the thing that I do think is true is when he did stuff that I would categorize as not great, Bob. Um, it was kind of politics stuff, uh, the pressures of the job, Or sometimes covering for someone else. I don't think it happened out of malice. But, with that said, intention isn't everything. Impact is more important. And the impact he occasionally had on people wasn't good. Not that any of us are perfect, but I do think that if we just say, like, oh, Ron's a great guy because he didn't do X, Y, and Z that a lot of other football coaches do and whatever, and the players liked him, that is probably... Overly whitewashing uh, his four years here and, and kind of the way he acted during them. I think another point that's important off of that is something that John Allen said on The Junkies the other day. He talked about the culture and he's like, there's kind of two different cultures and people get them twisted. There's the in the building culture and in the locker room culture. And I think the in the building, when you talk about changing the culture. Um, I think that Ron was great in the building. Like, everyone around the building respected him. He was really kind and, you know, never talked down to people. Like, people felt like they were a part of the organization. You, you see some of the staffers, like team photographers, etc. you know, posting up uh, the farewell message from Ron or about Ron on their own personal Instagrams or Twitter accounts or whatever. Like, that tells me something. Nobody was doing that when Jay Gruden was here. But, but, Alan did say that, like, for instance, when Jay was here the atmosphere and the culture within the locker room itself was great and that seemed to fall off under Rivera some of the favoritism some of the lack of holding certain people up to the standard some of the stuff that was allowed to slide because Ron was a little bit too nice if you want to be benevolent about it or just wasn't up to the task of disciplining people uh, and creating a a culture of accountability that he claims to be and that a lot of people I think put on him he just wasn't up to it and that had an effect in the locker room that was hugely negative that when you look at you know how certain players were treated or how every player was treated during the Gruden era there were times Jay did stuff that Jay didn't really want to do because it didn't help like it made his job harder as the X's and O's guy but he knew he had to do it and there was also an empowerment of the players to do stuff I think here Ron took on like that role, and I think it undercut some of the leadership of players at times. Um, and I don't know. I just think in general, the, the the player leadership thing was complicated, as illustrated by the Charles Leno and and Logan Thomas comments, as Jahan's comments, Allen's comments. Not very cohesive. Not great uh, in terms of the culture in the locker room uh, while Ron was here, certainly, at the end. But also, that's, that's losing for you. Nobody's on the same page. Shannon Wilson, 6216 says, if he was a great coach and players were distraught when he left Carolina, why was he able to get the most out of the players in Washington? Me personally, I'm thinking logically, if I have an admiration for someone that I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that person succeeds or do everything and anything that I can to help them get through whatever it is they're trying to succeed in. Quarterback can't be the only reason because the rest of the team didn't do well either, Defense, special teams, none of the other phases were great. Even the draft picks that he made haven't panned out other than Brian Robinson. No other player has done well that he was involved with personally selecting at any draft. That's an overstatement. There's a guy named Sam Cosby. He's quickly turning into one of the best guards in football. That's sweet. Um, Cam Curl, fine. Like, we don't need to parse out. Everyone knows the players that have been at least okay. But he selected zero pro bowlers. And that is atrocious in four years. I And I think a couple of things. One, it's all the stuff I just said about him not being up for the job and, like, the technical acumen to do it wasn't there. And I think that is fed by the fact that he bit off way more than he could chew. If Ron Rivera was just a football coach, then maybe it works out. Maybe. I don't think so because I don't think he's that great of a football coach. But it would certainly go better than it did here. He tried to do that. The personnel stuff and kind of be a team spokesman during an extremely turbulent time not a formula for success ultimately that's the biggest reason is he was trying to do everything i mean you try to do everything and you're not very good at delegating uh, and you don't have a strategic vision that everybody understands because he didn't have one at all then you're gonna fail and that's what he did uh as for what is next some comments that i think were interesting uh, Justin Evans, 182 says, uh, Craig, I definitely couldn't agree with you more on your toughness point. Win, lose, or draw, I want us to suck to play against. The mindset is almost guaranteed to win at least two or three games, in my opinion. Uh, Justin, as you were agreeing with me, in mine too. Um, I think when you talk about toughness, it was funny. There was another comment, Anthony, that I fi- like I genuinely laughed out loud at. Um, someone was like, Shanahan and McVeigh are tough. Vrabel's like I don't think Vrabel wins games because he can beat up other coaches. And I was like, not physically tough. (laughs) By the way, the correct answer for which NFL coach would win like a Royal Rumble is Mike Vrabel, correct? Like without question. Uh, If there was just a fight of all 32. Yeah. uh, Well, I guess you'd have a you'd have a, a death showdown in the final, Vrabel and Dan Campbell.
1: Oh, I forgot all about Dan. I think D'Amico, you know, he's young, he's a little small, but I think he could be a little feisty.
0: D'Amico would be exceptional. Yeah, he's but, strong, he's tough. Yeah, he's Dan young. Campbell,
1: Vrabel, yeah.
0: But like Vrabel, Vrabel is a little psycho, and Dan Campbell's a lot psycho. Yeah, and, he's in fighting trim. Like, yeah, that dude, that thick. dude drinks like a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. He's That's not insane. well. Yeah, D'Amico's too sane. Now, he did play linebacker in the NFL. Maybe he's got like a, uh, maybe he can still snap and get into that mode. Uh huh. But like think- McVay would be a pain in the butt because he's scrappy and he's just full of energy. But like eventually Dan Campbell would be like, hey, boom, out of the ring.
1: Yeah. I think uh, Mike McDaniels would somehow like hack some systems and, you know, <laughs> have some like pranks, you know, in the ring. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, he would have something up his sleeve.
0: Yeah, I'm know, to him. I I think you're not definitively not wrong. <laughs> Belichick would just like walk in and walk out and be like, I'm done. I know what's yeah. up here. We're we're good. Sala, low-key, watch out for him. Ooh. Yeah. But I think I think Dan Campbell and Mike Vrabel. Yeah. The point is, toughness does not come from one coach's ability to beat up the other coach. It's how you practice, it's it's the standard you hold people to. There is a toughness that is like toughness is not machismo machismo is fake bravado is fake toughness is real toughness is doing the hard thing toughness is not like i don't know this is a weird analogy um i'm just gonna say it but like toughness is going to therapy not soaking it all in internally and just letting your your emotions destroy you that's weak toughness is going to therapy or seeking help like understanding your place in the world and like doing the work that's tough. And that kind of thing works in the NFL because you create buy-in. And so like doing the work of the interpersonal relationships, doing the work of the schematics and the late nights and, uh, like, but also having the, the guts to tell your coaches to go home because they're worn out and they're not actually doing a good job because they're so burnt out. Like there is this fine line that you're willing to make hard decisions that relates to toughness. And then there's a standard that you hold people to that you will not let them slip. You will not do the thing. This is the, this is, I guess what I'm trying to say. Toughness is not taking the path of least resistance just because it's the easy thing to do. Toughness is willing to fight through some awkward situations, tough conversations, whatever, because it's ultimately the right thing to do. And that, from a coaching standpoint, translates extremely well. I think Vrabel is great with that, but a guy like Shanahan, a guy like McVay, O'Connell, D'Amico, like Pete Carroll, all these guys have it um, in a way that really matters, and it's why they've all won games. Uh, Last but not least, uh, Anthony, this was this was a funny. All right, there are two. Actually, let's go two funny ones to, to end it here. Uh, The first one was on one of our Sam Howell videos uh, and DMV underscore artist says uh, to say Sam Howell looked as though he could be the commander's future quarterback after watching the first half of the season isn't a hot take Uh, because some people were trying to kill me in the comments for saying that Uh, he was playing better than most first year starting quarterbacks. However, he unraveled within the last six weeks. You get new information. You change your opinion. If I tell you I'm going to get Bob to give me a ride home, then I see Bob's drunk. So I decide to take an Uber home. It doesn't mean I lied to you. It means I changed my way of thinking after seeing new information.
1: That is, that goes in the top t- top five, I guess, so far of 2024. That That's, that's the oh, best comment of
0: 2024. Easily best comment of 2024. Maybe one of the best ones we've ever had. Yeah, that's this one funny. This one's just funny. Uh, Buddy Barlow, 9604 says, I like Craig and I watch a lot of Craig, but sometimes I really do think you love to hear yourself talk. <laughs> and, buddy, let me tell you something. I host a solo radio show for three hours a day, five days a week. There ain't no, no other option. This time doesn't fill itself. Do, could I sit here and hit funny buttons all day? Do you
1: understand the words that are coming out of my mouth?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. That killed about eight seconds. <laughs> it ain't for the love of my own voice. It's because they pay me to do it. But thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're doing what we can over here. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And every single Wednesday at 530, we hit never read the comments. Tons of breaking news today. College football coaching news. NFL coaching news. We'll get you all caught up on all of it next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980.